Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Brooks Farrar from Resilience Fitness, former CrossFit Resilience out of Hopkinton, Massachusetts. What's going on, Brooks? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Alex. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. I'm excited to have you on. Excited to talk a little bit about what you have going on over there in Massachusetts. Um, but no, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with not only opening your own fitness facility, but a CrossFit facility? Yeah, um, it's definitely a journey there um, from the beginning. I've always been a athletic, you know, fitness guy. Uh, I wasn't truly introduced to kind of the strength and conditioning world until mid college, believe it or not. Um, and the person who introduced me to this field was just an amazing mentor. And I ultimately went back to college to get my exercise science degree and just fell in love with it from there. And I was lucky enough to meet a friend who was training somebody at the time who wanted to start a gym. And so we had a sole owner, kind of an investor, somebody who was lucky enough to retire early and was always a a fitness buff himself and pulled my friend aside. They talked for a little while. They decided they wanted a third person. That's when they reached out to me and I got involved. But uh, as it stands, uh, almost 10 years later now, I am the only one left of our original three. (laughs) Um, So super excited that uh, the journey has led to this point. But uh, that's kind of how we originally got started. And how I got involved, I guess, was just through um, somebody who really inspired me, you know, I was, you know, kind of young 20s, right, and uh, just grab hold of it and got super inspired to help other people get healthy, strong and fit for life. There you go. I love it. I love it. So you are the the sole owner now, right? So started off with three and now at this point you own the entire thing. So a little over three years ago now, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, buy into the business and decided to um, buy it outright from the previous owner. But I actually then decided to bring on another, um, you know, part-time owner, uh, part owner as well. So actually two of us uh, run the business right now. I'm a majority owner, but um, I, I do have a co-owner and uh, it's been a phenomenal pairing since. Has it been a better switch since, um, you know, partnering with, with your new partner for the business? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always an adjustment period, you know, when you used to work with somebody else, now you're working with somebody uh, new, but it's been phenomenal. Could not have asked for anything better. I mean, we complement each other really well now. Um, and obviously that's what I saw, uh, as a future partnership and things have, um, been, you know, pretty good. Obviously the past three years have been pretty nuts. Um, so kind of a funky time to take over a gym, uh, in the world, you know, obviously it's, 2022 right now and three years ago uh we didn't know that things were going to change in 2020 (laughs) right and and how was that experience for you in massachusetts you know i I know down here in california was it was pretty crazy new york was probably the worst how how were the shutdowns for you how'd you deal with it did it affect your business and have you you know been able to bounce back from it yeah um so yeah obviously yeah so it's it's, uh (laughs) It's, it's fine. We'll take, um, 
Yeah, this has been a nuts period. So yeah. right away, uh, actually, we were fortunate enough. Um, we kind of gathered a bunch of our members to kind of have this little roundtable discussion uh, as things were happening and, and before shutdowns even started, uh, we were having these discussions with our members and saying, hey, you know, how does everybody feel? Um, so we ultimately made the decision to close down ahead of our Massachusetts governor like deciding for us. Um, so we felt like we were a little ahead of the game and, um, we're proud of that. And we had a a hard time, obviously right away, you know, we switched right over to the zoom, um, parts of it. We, we recorded our coaches doing workouts on, you know, zoom, and then, you know, having people follow along live if they could, or watching the recordings back. Uh, the other things that we did to, stabilize our membership and and show value for people who stayed with us was we honestly gave away all of the equipment in our gym uh, to our members who stayed with us. And obviously we kept diligent accounts of who took what so that we could get it back. But (laughs) uh, people found, I think, uh, a good appreciation for that um, to make their at-home gym experience as best possible. You know, we, we, made it a lot of fun, you know, and and that's ultimately what I think this community based fitness is really all about is making sure we have the accountability, but we're having fun with it too. Um, You know, so yeah, we've, we're, we're definitely a a CrossFit focused gym, but we offer a lot of other things as well. We have another group fitness style class, what we call rush, um, which is just, you know, uh, no barbells, no high-level gymnastics, little simpler movements, but um, still same hit in intensity version of our fitness offerings. So, uh, and then we do plenty of personal training, which we still did over Zoom as well, um, cool. and stuff like that. So it's uh, been a journey. Yeah, yeah. So you're offering a lot of services over there at, at your CrossFit facility at CrossFit Resilience or Resilience Fitness. Um, are you still doing that virtual training aspect of things as well? Have you carried that over into your business model? Yeah, we actually do. Um, not a huge arm for us, but um, yeah, we definitely still have a few clients. So uh, we position ourselves location-wise right off a of main highway, and there's a bunch of uh, you know bigger businesses who were all coming to the office here on our street, and a lot of them no longer do that. And they, uh, a few people have, you know, appreciated us and loved us so much that uh, they just couldn't do it on their own still at their, their own home gym or didn't like what their local gym was offering. Um, so instead of uh, commuting the 45 minutes to work out here or wherever they might be, they decided to reach out to us and continue the online stuff. So yeah, we do have a few folks um, who do that and uh, yeah. we appreciate them and, and love that they wanted to stay with us. And crazy what the internet could do now, right? And how you could now have members that, you know, live 45 minutes, an hour away and, you know, still be able to provide like that accountability or custom workouts, custom nutrition, all virtually. Um, So I think that's really smart that that you've included that now. Now, about how many members do you currently have? I honestly don't know, but 300 plus um, <laughs> or so is is definitely where we are, um, you know, including kids and teens yeah. and our team stuff. But um, our members are really everything. You know, that's uh, that was the unforeseen thing. You know, maybe going back to your original question, how'd you get into the CrossFit and choosing CrossFit methodology versus something else? Um, 
I didn't really know anything about CrossFit before, uh, you know, our original sole owner there introduced the idea of it. And when we were researching, you know, the CrossFit model a little, a little more, what we saw um, as the opportunity there was you just, you know, pay an affiliation agreement fee to use the name CrossFit. And then after that, you make it what you want it to be, right. you know, so right. it's really up to the owners and the coaches to establish whatever culture, um, whatever style of fitness you want. Um, obviously they, you know, want you to take their, uh, certifications and things like that so that you're, you know, in their world as well. But, you know, I came from more of a pure strength and conditioning background, you know, especially going to school for exercise science and learning the, you know, anatomy and physiology and kinesiology, et cetera. So, I didn't know how we were going to include that style of fitness and it ultimately worked out beautifully because we could kind of still cater it or, or tailor it to right. what we wanted. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've been able to um, produce something a little different and, and people in the local area surrounding towns, even too, who even have, you know, other CrossFit gyms in their, in their town who are more local and, and closer to their home end up coming to us um, because they they've kind of seen what we're able to do and, and why, how we're keeping our members happy and healthy. And um, it's, it, we just, I don't know, do it a little differently, I guess. And, and yeah. we're fortunate that people have recognized that um, over time and, and we've built a good reputation. Right. Right. And, and, and so you are sitting at about 300 members right now. Um, I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? I think you can always, you know, look in different areas to grow. Right. Um, overall membership uh, might not be a total focus. I think, quite honestly, what we're, we're trying to do right now is get more involved with the local teams and athletes and grow that way. So not necessarily have a larger um, membership base, uh, but have kind of recurring programs that we can rely on season to season. So that's something that we're going to try to uh, instill in our kind of re annually recurring uh, revenue streams for us is talking to the coaches, uh, getting the athletes in here and whenever their off season is, you know, hopefully it's not just the summer, whenever their off season is, um, fall, winter, spring, uh, they think of us to come get their strength and conditioning off season training and prep for their sports season. So, to speak. Right. so you know, that's, that's kind of our, our next big focus. And, okay. um, we're, we're doing that locally in, in Hockington, but, but also want to offer and make sure like local club teams or other towns, you know, know that we're right here in their backyard too. Cool. Cool. And, and from your experience of working with athletes or having a sports performance aspect of your gym, is there ever like a dead period throughout the year where it's hard to get those athletes in through the door? Um, so the bigger seasons are obviously fall and spring uh, where the majority of athletes are, are playing a sport, whatever it might be. Winter is a little bit more of a dead season. So we do see, you know, and, and we're here in New England and Massachusetts where the weather's not great outside yeah, as well. Yeah. So, you know, people are looking for indoor activities uh, during the winter. So winter and the summer, I guess, are our main, um, you know, times of year when, when we do see more athletes coming in. Um, so we're just trying to establish, you know, more consistency in the fall and the spring as well. Okay. 
Okay, awesome. And, and I do like to ask, at least touching on the membership part, what's kind of the things that you do to to aid, you know, your growth process so that you could have, you know, leads coming in through the door on a consistent basis? Are you, you know, is it mostly a lot of community outreach, word of mouth, um, social media and organic posts? Do you do like Google SEO or any type of paid ads? Yeah, a combination of everything. I think what we focus on the most is is honestly, you know, word of mouth referrals. And, and we can only really do that if we have the culture and the vibe that we want going on every time everybody's inside of our walls. So, you know, that's the biggest focus is making sure anybody who comes inside our walls feels awesome uh, about, you know, our, our place and they want to spread the word about it. Um, you know, we honestly don't do a crazy amount of, you know, marketing and outreach. Obviously we do a little bit of everything. We make plenty of social media posts, you know, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Um, and we do support, you know, plenty of local organizations, you know, and get our brand name out there um, so that people see our logo all over the place, you know, locally in town and stuff and on the backs of people's little league t-shirts and, and jerseys and stuff or lacrosse jerseys, et cetera. So, you know, yeah. we're doing a lot of that stuff too. Um, but uh, I, I guess, you know, we've, we've also been in local networking groups, other, you know, small business owners, um, you know, we do that as well. So we collaborate and, and kind of uh, stay in touch with other sm small businesses in the local area as well. So it's always nice to kind of collaborate and hear what other uh, small business owners are, are doing, even in different fields. Um, you know, there's always opportunity if somebody's doing something well, uh, you want to mimic or copy what they're doing, maybe. Right, so right. If, it, if it can apply to uh, your field, um, why not? And yeah. uh and then, you know, locally, the Chamber of Commerce uh, is always a good place to start with as well. So, you know, I'm a member of our board of, of uh, Chamber of Commerce members. And, um, you know, I make sure that, you know, our name and logo is out there a, a, a good amount there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and smart that you, you know, touch a little bit on everything and important to track as well so that at least you could see the things that do well for you when it comes to getting people in through the door. So you could continue pressing on that. Um, how many leads would you say you get on a given week or month through word of mouth, through community outreach? So we have kind of an intake process from our website. Um, okay. Any new member um, comes through our website and schedules what we call a, a no sweat intro, you know, mm -hmm. where it's just 15, 20 minutes uh, to meet me or another one of our coaches at the gym where obviously we show them and introduce them to the gym, but we get a quick opportunity to get to know them, uh, their background and, okay. you know, uh, how we can help them. And, and we describe, you know, Hey, maybe it seems like we could or should be doing this with you to help you start your or restart your fitness journey. And uh, hopefully we can be a part of it. And so we want to make sure that it's a good fit for both sides before we even start. You right, know? Right, and and right. we take that initial conversation to do that. And uh, as long as people want to move forward, the next steps are personal training. We start everybody with an initial at least three sessions of onboarding, you know, we call them our element sessions. Um, even if you're coming from another gym or you're currently doing uh, fitness, um, we just find 
you know, it's been 10 years of experience of this for us. Every time in the past that people just kind of hop right into class and like, oh yeah, we've been doing this and uh, for years and they just don't know our style, you know, and, and it's just slightly different. And, and we want to make sure that people uh, don't feel intimidated or, you know, I don't know. So the, anyways, that's the, the best way that we've found works for all parties cool. to feel comfortable. Uh, we feel comfortable that they know the right amount of material before jumping into a class. Uh, so they don't feel like they're getting tossed into the ocean, I guess. Right. 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 So, so um, pretty much like a, free type consultation you talk to you know the the lead the prospect um you know get their goals why they're there everyone has a different reason why they're at the gym right um and then from there you put them in like an onboarding personal training type class to get them used to any movements or the type of workouts you'll be doing yes yeah okay. exactly and then you know if they want to go on to class-based you know fitness great we have a couple programs that they can choose to go do, do that um but if they want to continue to do personal training uh, or maybe even a hybrid you know those are honestly how i think everybody should be training is personal training right that would yeah. be ideal uh the biggest issue is obviously cost <laughs> you know it, it's right. a, a lot of money for folks to only do personal training if that's all, all they want to do um if they can afford it great if uh and, and that's where you know class-based programming is more economically efficient you know for for most most folks um you know they look at the cost of a membership um even though it's higher than a typical globo gym um you know it, it's uh it's you're getting a lot more out of it. Um, obviously, the coach's eye on you, some some coaching and learning, uh, instruction, and etc. The extra accountability of having to show up to a class time instead of wandering in and you know doing your own thing. Right. Uh, so there, but personal training is obviously that next step, um, and and we can kind of you know help people at that next level. Um, and it's it's good. We always kind of recommend to even people who have been here for years. Hey, let's do a tune up, you know, once a quarter, even, or whatever it might be, let's just, you know, focus on one thing that you want to try to improve and use that time as coaches and as, you know, um, uh, staff to set new goals for people so that we say, Hey, next quarter, when we do this again, let's put a new roadmap together for you so that a, you have something to look forward to and try to accomplish before next quarter. Um, and then B, uh, it's kind of a little more of a recurring revenue stream for coaches. Um, right. You know, they start working, you know, that's a little extra um, for them, right? They get more, the coaches get uh, more money from, from that, uh, from the personal training side of things, in addition to their regular classes that they coach. So it's, it's good for all parties there. Um, and your members get more value, right? I mean, they, they get someone that walks them through their goals and kind of, like you said, creates the roadmap, creates a big picture, like, hey, this is where you're going to end up, um, you know, if you stick with the path here. Yeah, 100%. And, and so I think that helps with uh, retention as well, right? So you're looking forward to the next quarter, the next three months from now. Uh, I have this goal that I'm trying to work on for the next three months, instead of not tuning in with folks about that, and they just hope and think that they're making progress and they're just kind of right, flying right. by. Um, no, this is a, a way for us to make sure that people have something to work towards and, you know, re look forward to staying here for the next three months to work on it. <laughs> so would you say more so like within your goals for the year, it, it's less of, 
you know, pushing more members in through the door, more so like, hey, let's learn how to pull some of these group training clients into these higher levels of service so that, you know, ev everyone could do better. We make more, the clients do better, we keep them longer. Um, is that more so your main focus this year? Yeah, and and we kind of presented it to the coaches that way too. And yeah, yeah. said, hey, if if you just got three personal training sessions per week, for the whole year, you would elevate your annual salary by 10,000, you yeah, know, yeah. right there. Um, and, and to fill up. So think of it that way too. It, that's only 12 members for one time in a month that would help fill that out for you. Um, yeah, yeah. And with 300 plus members, you know, it should be doable. Um, right. Right. 25%. Yeah, doable, right? Well, what's your split look like right now? But just between you know the group training and the personal training aspect of things. Yeah, I mean it. It kind of depends on the you know season a little bit too. But um, you know sometimes it can jump up to as much as 30 percent. Excuse me. Um, and then you know other seasons, depending on the season, it could be you know as low as ten to fifteen percent. But um, for the most part, we want to try to stay pretty consistent around that 20% of our revenue coming from personal training. Mm -hmm. and, and do you feel like you've created a good system to be able to, to pull clients from group training to private training? Or is it kind of still something that is, is a little difficult? Because the price is a big thing, right? I mean, you're probably paying double, if not more, for personal training. So as far as like your system for pulling them, pulling them up to PT, um, how, how's that looking for you? Is that, has that been working out well? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, finding the right words to say yeah. and having those conversations with people when you notice something. Um, so if you see somebody doing something slightly wrong, and even though you keep telling them the same things in classes over and over uh, and you try to help them as much as you can, it might get to a point where you say, you know, either after class or, you know, you find a time where you can catch them individually say, Hey, um, you know, I noticed that we keep struggling with this. Um, you know, why don't we schedule a one-to-one -one session so that we can truly have some designated time to work on that for you. Right. Uh, you know, I know it's something you want to get better at, I'd be happy to help you with it, you know, and, and just phrasing it in ways that they agree and want to spend that time with you for sure. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of sales tactics, but at the same time, you know, ultimately you're trying to just help them. Um, right. and, and then in turn, they'll appreciate you that much more and, uh, want to keep coming back. Definitely. Have you ever thought of doing like, um, semi-private? Have you ever thought of offering that? That's something that I noticed a lot of CrossFit facilities are, are doing now because, you know, you could have three, four um, people that you're training. It's a little more personal. You could charge more. Um, yeah. It's not as expensive as a, just a personal training session. Yeah. We, we actually do that quite a bit um, okay. for, for our younger athletes. So when you get a smaller group of athletes together, generally they're friends and they all want to be doing it um, together. And it helps, you know, that they have a friend instead of just being one-on-one -on -one with this adult coach, um, you know, so it's less, less intimidating for the younger athletes when they're with, you know, a couple of their friends. And, uh, and then as long as they have all similar goals for their sports or whatever it might be, um, you know, it works out really well. And yes, much, 
more economically uh, efficient for their parents as well, um, instead mm -hmm. of paying the full rate individually, you know, kind of dividing it up and then being a little more manageable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, might be something worth trying even with your adult classes, right? Or, or just giving that option. I mean, it's even like a good stepping stone to take them from group training to semi-private to even personal training, right? Um, but let's see. So, so if you could wave a magic wand here, right? Let, let's say a magic business wand, Brooks, and, and have your business be in the exact position that you want it. What would that really look like to you? The perfect resilience fitness. Yeah, it's tough because you know we've we've done so well over the years of kind of establishing the the right culture and vibe. You know, that's that's the biggest thing, and so making sure that. Um, People feel warm and welcome. I, I say a lot, you know, every, everybody's first impression. I want to, them to feel warm and welcomed uh, when they step in our door. So that's honestly the biggest thing. Yeah. And, uh, and making sure that we maintain that as we, you know, potentially continue to grow, uh, no matter what our decisions are in the future. Um, you know, right now we're, we're in a happy place. You know, we, we like, you know, I don't want to, expand to the point where we dilute what we currently have yeah, yeah. um you know so if we were to take on anything else i want to make sure that we still have what we currently have yeah. um you know and and so that's um always going to be the challenge is you know how do we continue to grow and provide for our you know full-timers and our coaches so that they feel you know appreciated and, and happy as well um and we've been fortunate to be able to retain our coaches as well and and sometimes in the gym industry that's a really hard thing to do is keep your coaches um right. you know Especially so, these days. yeah so you know we, we've been really fortunate to have some familiar faces um stay with us and and help you know our members continue to get strong, healthy, and fit for life. You know, we say we want you to be able to crush whatever life's adventures come your way. Uh, you know, so essentially what we want is to get everybody as well-rounded, healthy, and fit for life, you know, um, not only whatever life throws your way, but long-term, you know, not just the short-term goals as well. And, and Brooks, when you look at growth, and obviously there is such a thing as growing too fast, right? I mean, you don't want to, like you said, dilute the product that you have just in the name of, you know, adding an extra 20, 30, 40 members. Um, what aspect of the business would you like to grow? Is that, you know, more so get some more group training clients or, you know, get more private training, um, you know, more semi-private, more, more athletes? Yeah. So when, when we look at things in, in ways to grow, I think what I'm trying to do is honestly provide for our coaches, you know, how do we provide for our coaches better? Yeah. Um, so yes, I think it's more of a combination of the private small group and maybe team, um, you know, training so that, because if, if we're, or if our coaches are helping with that, they're going to get a bigger piece of that versus just coaching another class, you know, which is going to be the same rate as, you know, whatever it might be. So if, if we add, another class time to our schedule versus fill it with fill that gym time with a private or semi-private group uh it's much better for the coaches and and those fewer clients i know but you know it's better for both parties if it's um you know i guess that small group or or you know semi-private um setting so yeah growing that aspect of it uh helps everybody in the long run i think and 
And what do you think has to happen so that that transition is easier, right? So that you are able to not only get more private training clients, but be able to pull up, you know, people from from group training into those private training sessions. What do you think, you know, has to happen so that that becomes like an easy process for you guys? Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily just pulling from our current members. I mean, that's one way to do it. But, um, you know, kind of when new people come to our gym right away, obviously, we're starting them with private training. So yeah. maybe in those initial three sessions, we instill the value and importance of maintaining that even one per quarter personal tra training session or, hey, if you have a few other friends, we can take you all together, right? And we do three to four people, like you said, as a small group instead of, um, you know, so maybe it's more on the intake process that we kind of instill the value of uh, those smaller private training sessions um, so that you're not feeling like you're trying to nickel and dime your current members. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's the, the best way to look at it. Honestly, it's kind of funny how, you know, uh, as people in the fitness industry sit being salesy is like something to be scared of. But at the same time, it's like you have to have this type of sales process where, you know, you know what to say, you know what questions to ask, um, you know, so that you could put them in in the, you know, that the section that you want in your business, right? Or, or else if you're kind of more complacent when they walk in, obviously, they're going to pick the cheapest service. Um so, so it's always cool talking about that as well. How, how do you think it would change like your business, your coaches, your own life, if you are able to continue growing that personal training aspect of things? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously if, if we retain um, members, retain coaches, uh, because everybody's happy and they're, you know, members are seeing results. The coaches are seeing more revenue come in, you know, for themselves. Uh, and the gyms also seeing more revenue because the coaches are seeing more revenue. So, you know, in, in this scenario, it would just be a, a dream world where right. everybody's, everybody's kind of winning. So, you know, that's, that's why I think uh, that would be a good flow of things versus um, it's not like we would be, you know, if there's a need, we need to satisfy the need, you know, so if, if we're having, um, let's say a certain number of our classes overflow, and there's always a wait list or something, um, you know, for that class, and we need to provide more space to give everybody more fitness. Um, obviously, that's a good problem to have, but, uh, you know, we got to take care of it eventually. So, you know, we're, we're constantly uh, keeping that in our forefront as well. Um, but at the same time, that's just another class on our schedule to help a certain number of people, but it doesn't necessarily help the most number of people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so we know what you want for your business now, right? Brooks, we know you have a big passion for not only your members, the CrossFit community, you know, your coaches, you want to be able to provide more for your coaches as well. Um, but what is it that you want from the business? What's like that big picture for you? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family? To me and my family, I mean, it, it's an awesome opportunity to be able to run a small business and learn uh, from the ground up. You know, I, I think the organization um, in the early days when it was just the three of us was a heck of a lot easier than it is now. We have 
17 coaches on staff. <laughs> um, Crazy. That, that's a boatload. Um, so the, the growing pains that we've gone through to get there, um, we're in a great spot now, but um, you know, it's just taught me and a lot about life and how to organize structure work life. And I've now got a year and a half year old um, at home with my wife. Same. Uh, what yeah. month? What yeah. month? So that's uh, a new world as well. And, and how do you say, okay, this is the cutoff time for work. And now I'm a family man yeah. uh, at this time. So, you know, it's, it's provided more discipline and structure uh, to truly give me the freedom, I guess, um, to love all aspects of my life right now. And, and yeah. I, you know, I truly do feel like I'm in a, a great space, you know, in my life and in work and, you know, family life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. That, that was a difficult aspect for me. Uh, wh- when was your, uh, your child born? So actually uh, good date one, 21, 21. Really for mine, one 20, oh, man, if I forget her birthday, it's one 29, 21. Oh, there you go. So right, right after you. No, yeah, no, but, wow. but, but no, I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy that, that things are working out and, and whatnot. Um, are, are you still training now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I I spend a lot more hours of my day working on, um, I guess, marketing slash networking and and stuff like that and taking care of some of the admin stuff on the back end, Um, communications to our members and coaches and things like that. Uh, You don't never stops. Yeah, to run a to run a slightly bigger um, operation, you don't truly appreciate how much communication has to happen for everybody to be on the same page. And and um, you know that's the biggest thing. Obviously, is if we're all communicating well, everything's going to be running that much more smoothly. So there's a lot of communications that go on on the back end of things to not just our members, but to our um, you know coaches and and other staff as well. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's been a big factor. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, all right, Brooks, I think that is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode here. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Facebook, Instagram page, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Resilience dash fit com is our website. We're currently in the process of having professional pictures taken so that we can update it because we updated it during COVID and stuff, but um, so that everything's a little more current. We're, we're revamping the website, but it's looking good. And then uh, Facebook, you know, Resilience Fitness. Um, that's kind of the main site I would visit uh, is our Facebook. We do plenty of Instagram stuff as well. That one is Resilience Fit with an underscore at the very end. Awesome. Awesome. Resilience Fitness, you guys, make sure you check them out out of Hopkinton, Massachusetts. I appreciate you once again. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Cheryl from No More Excuses Fitness in Edmonton, Alberta. What's up, Cheryl? How are you today? Good, good. Awesome. You? Thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Awesome. All right. So let's jump right into the details, wasting no time here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the story there? Well, I think it just started for me was a personal journey of health and wellness. Um, I was a mom of, uh, be- you know, three beautiful children and um, through the, the process learned that my um, my values and my beliefs was that a mom that took care of themselves didn't necessarily take care of their children, their family. Mm-hmm. And so for years, I just concentrated on um, my family and sort of lost myself in the process. So I uh, decided that um, in life, it doesn't have to be a either or, it can be and. And so decided to start taking care of myself went to a gym, didn't have the best experience um, with three big box gyms. Um, and so I decided I'm do- I was going to, I was just going to uh, work out at home and uh, be- it became um, quite fit and then went back to the gyms thinking, now I look like them. I look like all of them. So I, I went in there and still didn't have a great experience. So um, walked away from that for a little bit. And then uh one day met somebody and said, you have to come to one of the group exercise classes Mm -hmm. and uh, fell in love with the group exercise environment. And, uh, and then decided uh, just, I loved it for, you know, for months and months. And uh, one of the instructors instructors came up to me and said, you need to be an instructor. How do we get you there? So um, I had a business at home and I said, well, sure I can do this part time. And, um, and that's how it all started. So awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, group <laughs> exercise can be a game changer, you know, especially yeah. just for personal experience and, and for clients as well, just because the energy, the motivation is, it's so much easier to get in and get a workout done. I always love group classes as well, because sometimes you're just not feeling motivated. You know, it's like, it's one thing to get to the gym, but then when you get to the gym, it's like, okay, now what do I do? So it takes the, we called it the walk of shame from the front door to the back of the, you know, the big box gyms always had it in the back, but you you sort of have to walk through it um, to find your community. So, I mean, I think it just becomes, you know, uh, it's your personality. Some people love sort of the solo others need the, the people energy and right. uh, that's what I was missing um when I started out right absolutely yeah. so now your business model today within your facility are you doing all group classes mostly group classes are you offering semi-privates one-on-ones kind of walk us through the layout there yeah the majority of our our uh, business model is based on group exercise um, it's a registered programming, so if there, there's a really sense of you know, accountability uh, for the members as well as that community. So you have sort of uh, uh, many communities within the um, studio, um, and then we have personal training, 
private, semi-private, and uh, a small group training as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, a few different offerings there, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. And as far as membership goes, how many clients or members are you currently serving at the facility? Right now, <laughs> post-COVID, um, we're probably down about 60%. Um, so we're servicing right now about 150 members, um, probably about 25, 26 uh, clients as well. Got it. Okay. So you were up in in the 300s prior to COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, we had, um, we had a huge um, school program. So I, uh, through working with the um, Edmonton Catholic and uh, separate and all the sort of surrounding areas in Edmonton, um, developed a really great relationship with the school. So we would go in and do artists and residents. I'm not sure if you have that in in um, in uh, United States, but it's you go in there and you work with um, a school for a week and um, all the different uh, grade levels. And we used to offer them, you know, all the programming of fitness programs like Zumba and Pound and um, kickboxing. And so that was a, another big chunk of our business um, as well was the schools. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I know um, restrictions were some of the toughest in the world in Canada. It's been yes, they were. crazy. Um, it seems to be Canada and Australia seem to be the two that had the toughest restrictions. So coming back from it is obviously challenging. Um, now, what are you doing now to build that membership back up, get more people back in the doors and start heading in that direction? Um, we, what we decided was in November, um, we were, I was, I, I do a lot of talking and listening to our members and, um, we just sit down and chat and, and try to feel where they are and what they need. And um, well, in September, actually, we decided that um, our, our membership base, our community, our Edmonton community as well, and large needed something. And I was training a client that was really wanting to do a triathlon, but she didn't think she was at a level that she could start. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, there's a lot of people there. So I, I sort of, uh, I established there was a need for people that want to do um, elite activities, but they just don't know where to start. And mm -hmm. so we decided to <clears throat> develop a um, and create a Yes You Can triathlon for every level of fitness. So we were there just, to, we were there to modify where they were, um, but the day of the triathlon and just modify it to where, where they are. So it just gets them moving again. And uh, it was a huge hit. So I think what we always do at No More Excuses Fitness is we establish that there is a need. How do we get people? Um, how do we sort of eliminate their excuses and uh, provide them that sort of modification um, so that they can start doing it and believing it? Well, you know, as you know, Brianna, a lot of it is just, that they don't have the confidence. And yeah. so when you can sit there and establish a safe environment to say, listen, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure you're ready, but we, you need to know that you're going to have to modify it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and it's okay to modify it because you're right. going to cross that finish line. 
And the next year, you're going to be even stronger and you're going to cross the finish line and maybe not need as much med modifications. Right. And so that's sort of the whole premise. And um, so we'll just continue doing things like that um, mm -hmm. to establish, um, you know, bring back people to the gyms again. The biggest thing with COVID wasn't, you know, we, we, we got hit like every other industry, mm -hmm. but we were deemed a hot spot. And that's what killed a lot of our industry was that not only was it where we were closed, but we were deemed, you know, really, really a hot spot. So if you didn't want to catch it, you know, don't exercise. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, that is what, and we're still competing, you know, we're not competing. We're still dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, you I mean, we have 25% of, you know, people that are just fitness and health is just a part of who they are. Right. And so we'll never lose those people, mm -hmm. but the 75% that were on the fence and now they're being told it's a hot spot. And if you exercise in a group environment, you're going to, you may catch it. Mm -hmm. Chances are higher. They're like, well, I check out. Right. And I'm walking away from it. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the 75% we have to build. So we, we, we also decided to do workshops and it was nothing to do with fitness. It was just to get them into our studio again mm -hmm. to, to, get them to remember how it felt like to laugh at this in the studio and how safe it still is. And um, so we did probably about eight months of just back-to-back -back workshops like doormat making and floral arrangements. And um, so again, we'll, that's what we'll just continue doing is keep on inviting them mm -hmm. and um, they'll, they'll show up, they'll show yeah. up, you know, eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And so outside of that, do you do any type of paid advertising through social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature to really push the word out there to more people and, and drive business? Um, we have certainly we, we have a, a budget for for marketing. I decided probably about six months ago um, to pull back on it. There's just, isn't a huge need. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram, we have a fairly good following on that, but for the advertisement, we just, what we weren't seeing, we weren't seeing a, uh, a, a um, uh, what do you call it? Um, return on a investment. Return on investment. No, there's just people are scrolling and they don't, they don't even want to hear from us um, in the advertising right now. So um, come September, I believe we're going to start getting back to our former glory and we'll uh, just be out there to remind them we're here. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And as far as a, a front end offer in the advertisement itself, what types of offers are you putting out there to make people actually want to come in the doors or what were you putting out there uh, before you stopped running those advertisements? Well, I get, you know, I'm a true believer in organic advertising as well. You know, you can have a workshop and somebody posted on their Facebook or Instagram and they're like, thanks, no more excuses. And um, that costs us nothing. And, and, you know, I mean, it gets our name out there. Um, we have a Groupon um, that we use to try to bring in new people to experience um, what we can offer them. Um, and that's, that's certainly helped. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of it is just word of mouth, word of mouth and, uh, you know, I mean, making it 
so that we're always have activities. We have like adventure clubs as well, and where we're going whitewater rafting. And um, again, when people see all different types of, of shapes and sizes doing things like a triathlon or whitewater rafting, or we do aerial um, uh, obstacle courses and so forth, those are the things that people go, hey, hey, this is a little different from what I've ever seen in the fitness world. And they don't even really know realize we're sort of advertising for that as well, right? We're mm -hmm. trying to pull them into our community. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And on a monthly basis, on average right now, how many new faces are coming in, signing up for some type of a membership? Uh, well, as you know, summertime is, is always our slowest. Um, so right now we're looking at about three or four per week that we see coming in through our mm -hmm. doors. Um, and uh, we also have you know, advertising with our, our membership base that if they bring a friend in, they get their name into a draw um, that them and the, their friend will go to, you know, a restaurant or a movie theaters. Or, uh, so we just started to, you know, um, thank our membership base for inviting their, their friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so probably, you know, in the height of things, we were probably looking at about 10 per, per week coming in. Okay. So with a registered programming, it's a little different because every, every cycle, every three months, we, we rotate to a new season. So the okay. membership base sign up for their three months and then they get to pick a whole bunch of other different classes for the every tri sort of trimester. Um, so the, we always seem to lose a little bit every cycle, but then we gain, gain, you know, twice as much as we lose. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, I always like to have multiple poles in the water. I like to say as far as marketing, advertising, different yeah. things go to let people know that you're there and, and get people in the doors. Um, now, as far as other services, do you offer any type of either nutrition, accountability, supplementation, retail, anything like that to provide a higher level of service for your clients and members, but then also provide another stream of revenue and income yeah. for the business itself? Yes, absolutely. So um, a few years ago, I decided though, I, I was becoming frustrated as a, as a um, studio owner because I was seeing all our members doing so well physically, um, but what was really stopping them from the next level was um, their, their nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't get, meeting the goals that they wanted and we can only do so much for working out. And so I looked for a lot of the programs that were out there to see if we can align with somebody, uh, another program that we could uh, really back um, I didn't find anything that was um, that was a good partner with us. So I just uh, I brought in a, a team of professionals, psychologists, um, uh, the uh, nutritionists, and so forth. We sat down for for weeks and really um, talked about what we would like to see in a program. Brought in people that have struggled with weight um, that have had success, some that that haven't. And we developed this program called the Yes, You Can More Than a Weight Loss Plan. And what it is, it's basically behavior change. So mm -hmm. it's all module work based on behavior. Um, it's calorie counting. So that, are, that program is huge for us. 
um, and we work with our you know studios and our, our uh, personal trainers. But um, yeah, we we in our prime we had probably about two hundred clients on this program, and uh, and we had a you know a, a team of consultants, and uh, it was it was fantastic. The results were amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. And have you ever either run that on the front end or considered running that as your front end offer to bring new people into oh, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So we have our Yes You Can More Than a Weight Loss Plan. We have our Yes You Can uh, fitness classes as well that um, speaks to those people that are trying to start, start out on their fitness journey that have no idea what they're what they like what their bodies are capable of so it's a safer place for instead of just jumping into group exercise we have they come in it's a six-week program every week it changes the type of class it's um really a, a great soft place for them to land and then they start to understand and we make it really fun for them they're laughing and they're holding their boobs as they're doing you know a jumping jack and it just gives them a place to say listen Yes, you're not, you know, you're not where you want to be, mm -hmm. but let's have fun getting you there. Right. Stop taking yeah. yourself so damn seriously and just have some fun with us. And yeah. yes, your knees are going to hurt. And yeah, you know, we talk about things that there may be a little bit apprehensive about talking mm -hmm. about it in a, in a group exercise. Right. Uh, where there may be, yeah. Where they may be beside us, somebody that does marathons. Right. And they're mm -hmm. like, this person doesn't understand me. And doesn't don't, and they may not understand where I am right now. So right. it's that soft place. They start to think, you know something? My body's able to do a burpee. My body's able to do this. And they get the confidence. And then we then they graduate into our, our regular classes. Some right. of them stay because they love the sort of variety. So right. those are our, our sort of streams, right? So we have our yes, you can weight loss, more than weight loss. We have our fitness, the yes, you can fitness. And then we have now our triathlon. So we have three revenues or re streams that sort of feed into mm -hmm. our studio right so yeah. and that's what builds the studio's capacity is that we're bringing in those people that are you know we call them um i they're fragile eggs right they're just they need a little extra support yeah yeah absolutely and i love the um either you know challenges or or shorter term programs on the front end to right. get people in get them results because right. results are what sell right people are not afraid to spend money a lot of people a lot of gym owners a lot of personal trainers think people are afraid to spend money they're not they're afraid of commitment they're afraid of committing to something that they don't know they're they're going to stick to. So yeah. if you can get them in the doors, get them to become a part of the community, get them in a routine, get them some results, that is what's going to sell them on the long term. But initially, it's like they need to, to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's like, okay, I can do this for six weeks, right? I can commit to six weeks. Yeah. And again, they're not afraid to spend money. So if you charge up front for the six weeks, a higher ticket 
one, so that they're invested, they pay attention, people who pay, pay attention, right? So if they're invested financially and it's a higher ticket, chances are they're going to actually show up to class, they're going to stick to their plan, and they're going to get the results that they're looking for. Right. Um, and then also for the business, that's huge because that's, you know, feeding some, some front-end cash for the business. So if you are doing advertising, you can feed that back into the business. Exactly. Um, and a lot of a lot of gyms, a lot of um, gym owners never end up being profitable off of the clients that they're bringing in because they end up spending so much money to acquire the clients. The clients come in on a low barrier offer a lot of the time, whether that be a free class or I've yeah. heard of people doing free two week trials. And yeah. I'm like, man, you're working for free. You know, like, and here, and here's the reality to that is that, you know, in our, my business, we're studios. Uh, so our price point is so much higher than a big box gym. Right. And so mm -hmm. if you're bringing them in at such a low cost, you're not attracting the people the long term because right. may, they may not be able to ever, even though they, you, you've, you've, you know, you've created this environment, they love it. They may not be able to ever afford it. Right. And so you're spending a lot of time, money and energy on a client that just can't, um, you know, they want to, but so you have to attract, you know, find that balance. Yes. And attract them, say, this is what we can offer to short term. We just want them through the door. We always call it a bait, bait and switch. You know, we always say it's a weight loss program, but really what it is, is behavior change. Yeah. And so we get them to, to know, you know, something you're amazing. Your body's amazing. Stop thinking about it after, you know, 20 years ago. Well, we're all not what we were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's celebrate where you are right now. Right. Have some fun. Stop taking it so seriously. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, and once they buy into that, then you're pretty much set. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think programs like that, a lot of gym owners have like this negative connotation with them, but it's like, I want to change the narrative there. Because a lot of people are afraid to come into the gym. They know they need to, right? It's just actually getting them to come into the doors. Once they're in the doors, that gives you the opportunity to actually help them. And if they're yeah. never walking in your doors, you never have the opportunity to actually help them. Uh, and the other side of that is that if you are charging a higher ticket up front, again, they're committing, they're showing up, they're getting the results. And then when you go to roll them into the longer term memberships, yeah. if they're coming in on an offer that's, you know, $600 say up front for their, their program to start off. Yeah. And then they're rolling into a membership that's $189 a month, $200 a month. That sounds much better. Right. As opposed uh, to, mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to coming in for a free two weeks and then you're like, okay, well, it's going to be $200 a month. Yeah. It's like that, that hits a little bit different, you know? Uh, so I think that that's important. And, and the other I think thing, it's, you know, the biggest thing is Brian, what you're, what I'm hearing you say is also just don't limit yourself to one sort of business plan. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, make sure you have a different kind of stream because when we have to pivot, and going yes. knows we've had to pivot. You need to have that flexibility. You know, I, mm -hmm. I just, the downside to, or the downfall to a lot of those businesses was I saw them doing just one thing and all their eggs were in one basket and they just couldn't pivot. Right. Um, right. And so it's knowing where your, your sort of, I would say where, where your money is, where, where you're feeding and then, um, 
always take care of that and then but have those plan b's right yes. because you really you want I mean, groupon is a, a one of those things i don't know if you have it in the united states but i'm sure you do because probably it was created there but um we do it and just say, listen, only one time, come in. We want you through that door. And we have, we've had some of our instructor base um, developed because of group Groupon. So there is, now, would I put all my money into that? Absolutely not. Right. But it is, a, it's, it's okay to have different streams. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And, and necessary because sometimes one stream quiets down a little bit. Well, you know, and that's especially when we talk about word of mouth, you know, there are so many people that love word of mouth. Of course, we love word of mouth. It doesn't cost us anything. The people that come in add to the community because they're typically like minded right. to the people that are already in the gym. But the thing is, is like it's not reliable. Right. It's like on a monthly basis, maybe one month you get 10 people off of word of mouth or referrals and then the next month you get none. And right. it's like, there's no way that you can track that. And the other side of that is that pool is limited. You know, it's like people only know so many people that are interested in fitness, that are looking for what you offer, that are looking for a new place to go. It's very limited. So it's like, if you can diversify, you know, and provide different streams to constantly feed the business with quality leads, that's a game changer. And as a business owner, you have to be out there knowing what is the latest, the biggest, right? So a part of, again, you know, I just see some people just trying to continue what used to work five years ago. And what they have to do is I, you have to bring in the programs that nobody else have. You know, I go on the internet and um, really look at, uh, I mean, we had tap fit, I mean, just different, unique programs that you bring in. And, and again, then you have people telling other people, you have people experiencing it and they don't even realize that they're doing it for you. Right. right? Yeah. So um, formally, I mean, Facebook has, you know, I mean, they've really, tighten down on businesses and they're, you know, we really forcing businesses to pay. I'm just not seeing a huge return in, in investments on Instagram and, and Facebook right now. So, um, you know, I always sort of weigh it out and just go, you know, um, if I don't see the return, I'm not putting it out. It just means there's just not a need right now. Uh, people are, you know, on holidays. Um, best thing we can do is just keep on posting and, and looking at different other ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of figuring out what works and, and focusing your attention and time and money in the areas that are providing a return. You know, if, if you're not getting a return on investment, then it doesn't make sense. And a lot of times people focus their attention in the wrong areas, you know, and don't get a return on investment, but keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You know, it's like, I hear that all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Facebook is still the best converting platform as of right now. Um, I know that I have seen cost per lead actually go down a lot lately, which is cool because during COVID, post COVID, cost per lead was at like twenty five dollars. Sorry, Grana, I'm gonna. Can we just hold on for a second? Yeah, I'm just having it like the sun is right in my face, (laughs) and I'm trying to concentrate. Okay, this is not gonna work. Hold on. Okay, but better? Yeah, I mean, as, as long as you're comfortable. Oh, hold on for a second, sorry. No worries. We'll have to edit this part. Oh, no. 
<laughs> I thought about that morning sun, right? I know it's at a weird angle right now. Yeah, it really is. Okay, well, I'm gonna do the best we can here. Um, so you were saying about Facebook? Yeah, so I'm seeing cost per lead plummet right now. Obviously, I mean, having it set up properly, targeted properly, there's yeah. all that stuff that goes into it. But during COVID and right after COVID, we were seeing lead costs go up $25, $30, $45, yeah, it $50. It was insane, yeah. right? But now I'm hearing gym owners getting $5 leads seven dollar leads you know so it's a lot better than it was yeah um so so that's a good thing um now one thing i always really like to ask about are either key challenges within the business or bottlenecks because typically there's something that's drawing a lot of our attention kind of keeping us up at night essentially within the business so for you what what types of challenges or bottlenecks are you facing within the business right now if any i think it's a con uh, conceived uh, notion that we're a hot spot still. So um, I just have to, you know, me gather my, my, my community back into the studio. Um, I'm anticipating optimistically that so come September, we're going to see our, our, our base back. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think the, the, the biggest challenge is to get them back and feeling safe again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that's you mean that's and are my demographic is a little older. It's about uh, 40, 40 plus. Mm -hmm. So and with aging parents. So I really still have to um, be mindful of that. And um, you know, unfortunately, COVID, as much as we all like to think it's over, it's not. And um, you know, the ones that were you know getting that that 40% back in and engaged mm -hmm. again. Right. Right. Yeah. Mental health, mental health has been a huge uh, aspect to them. It, so, um, and so, it, I mean, it's a struggle, but we're, they know we're there. I think where we look at the next two months during the summer is just letting them know we're still there. And mm -hmm. then come September, October, we're going to be quite aggressive and enough. Right. <laughs> right? Enough. Yeah. Let's, let's get back. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, so that's the biggest challenge right now. Mm -hmm. It's that you, you're the momentum is you taking one step forward, ending up, you know, a step and a half behind, um, you know, that damn COVID is still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating, but I mean, there are people who are ready to get back into yeah. it and you know and and live a normal life again yeah you know, oh, or, or somewhat of a normal life again um so yeah it's just you know reaching those people getting them in to kind of get the momentum going and then once once those fall months start to come into play and people get back into routines and whatnot after the summer months then you can really kick things off from there so yeah i think the biggest thing i i discovered after 14 years in the business is that you have to really pay attention to what's going on. Sometimes you can really work with what's out there and, and give 150%, but other times you can't just continue um, grinding your wheels when there's nothing there to grind, right? Sometimes because, you know, sometimes you just need to step back and just see it for what it is, take a deep breath, because you'll just burn out. 
you'll burn out. The, you know, you'll you'll hustle, hustle yourself into you know an early retirement. Um, so you know it's great. It's great to um, always make sure you have a presence. You know, we say yes to um, you know sixty percent of things that are offered to you, but mm-hmm. the constant I have to do everything and I have to do everything today. Um, that's where I see in our industry a huge burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a gym owner, you're wearing so many hats all the time. You know, it's like, there are so many things you have to pay attention to so many things to keep up with. Um, and it can be really overwhelming, you know, especially when you're spending 12 to 16 hours a day in the gym, which is where most people are doing, you know? Um, so it definitely can be challenging, but focusing your attention in the right areas that are going to provide you and your clients, your members with the best return on investment. That's, you know, that's where we need to focus our attention. A lot of the times it's just a question of where is that, you know, and trying to figure that out to be able to keep the doors open one at this point, And then two, to be able to provide that value for your clients. Um, so I think that's where a lot of gym owners are kind of at right now. It's like, okay, well, where do I focus my attention within the business right now to make sure that one, I can keep the business alive, keep the doors open, pay the rent, you know, cover my overhead, but then also keep providing that value that my clients and members know and love to be able to keep it there for them, but then also grow it back to where it was prior to COVID as well. Right. So. Right. Yes, and that's, that's, the, that's the, the tricky part right now. But I do believe when you see, you, you're going to see a, a more of a need come September, people are going to go, okay, that's, you know, I had the summer again. And, um, you know, becoming healthier and stronger isn't, isn't a, really an option for, for us. Like, I mean, we just have, have to. There is yeah. a quality of life we all want. And um, unfortunately, they haven't come up with that magic pill. So, right. you know, something the, there's, we're all on the same page is that we want, we know this is what we need to do. Right. We just have mm-hmm. to find um, the environment that is, you know, conducive to helping motivate yourself for, uh, you know, to move the body. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, there is not a lack of people who need the services that you provide. There is yeah. not a lack. There no. are plenty of people who need fitness, who need nutrition, who need accountability, who need a comfortable place to go and get healthier and better themselves. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get so caught up on other gyms and what they're doing and there's so many and it's like, okay, there are plenty of people. Like, let's not get hung up on that. You know, it's like there are unlimited amounts of people who need the services that you provide. So kind of keeping that in mind as well, especially during challenging times is important. You know, you're there for a reason you provide a service that changes people's lives and helps them live longer you know and that's important to keep in mind that's why you're there Um, it's a very humbling industry in that what we've chosen to get into is it is really is just changing people's lives and we you know i always say to my my team let's not get a big head but understand the importance of it Mm -hmm. it's a huge responsibility and because we have all had trauma we've all had um, horrible experiences. You know, our industry is not perfect by no means. Right. And so you're, you're combating that as well. And um, so when somebody says, you know, I've chosen you, I've chosen your studio, your gym, you may make no doubt that that, that comes with a lot of, um, they're giving you a lot of trust. 
Yes. And we have to honor that trust. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So that, that um, to me, I mean, it's, it's humbling. It's uh, sometimes very, um, not scary, but it, it is profoundly, um, I don't take it lightly. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't take it lightly and I don't take, my team doesn't take it lightly. Right. So we know what it took for them to th- walk through the doors. Mm-hmm. And now our job is to make sure we take care of them as well. Yes. Yes. Continue to provide that value over time to actually get them to where they want to be, you know, because it's one thing getting them in the doors, but then it's like, okay, now we need to get them where they want to be. And that's our responsibility as trainers, as coaches, as gym owners, you know? Um, So definitely understand that. And give them the environment that they start to understand that life's not about, you know, wearing a size two bikini. Right. That life is about, you know, about just quality of life. I mean, I've always said, just because you see a a form, a body form that you may think it may be healthy, that person may not be healthy. I know many people in this industry that are probably the most unhealthiest. Yes. Psychologically and and for for a lot of reasons. So um, we need to get them to understand it's, it's just about the quality of life. Are they saying yes to things? If they're saying no to things because they don't think their bodies can do it, that's when we step in. That's when we can give them a hand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? I love that. Yes. All right. So one thing I always love to touch on with every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is mm. considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, kind of going their own way, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time within this industry? Be true to what you started, be true to the vision you you had, but have the flexibility to pivot when you need to. Yes. Um, the There is nothing worse than when we see business owners become too big, too fast, there's a desperation. And it's actually, you can feel it and taste it when you walk into organizations. When they're they're so desperate, they don't have the staff, they don't, right, they're just, so be true to where you are and, and get and develop and grow based on your, um, based on where you are and what you would like to see it, but understand your, your weaknesses as well, right? I try to develop and I try to franchise and we have a problem in Edmonton um, for, with, with, with uh, labor, right? With qualified, fantastic, um, passionate people in our industry. I mean, everyone wants to, but there's, there's a certain uh, ability that they need. And yeah, so yeah. that was our, that was uh, the, the problem is that you, we could franchise, we had everything in place, but we, we just couldn't get um, what, what made no more excuses special to begin with. Mm-hmm. You can't, we couldn't duplicate it because right. uh, uh, we were limited with the, um, we were limited with the, uh, with the labor, mm-hmm. with yeah. the team, right? So what we did was then we we developed programs so we could bring in somebody that was very new to the organization and train them um, where we need them to to be. 
So yeah. again, that had to be years, I mean, two years in developing it before I could even think about develop, uh, you know, growing the business even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right? that's a, a lot of times that's a plus. I always used to hire people that had no experience rather than those who did, because when people have experience, they come in with preconceived notions of how fitness should be and what Absolutely. dieting looks like. Absolutely. And, what people should be doing. You know, it's like everybody has their own idea of what, how the class should be structured and what everybody should be doing. And I just, I wanted to clean. And they're arrogant and they're arrogant. Oh yeah. We we, we we have, (laughs) I mean, a huge problem in our industry where we have a lot of big hits. And so, you know, I always, (laughs) you're you're absolutely right. You know, we, we, that's why we developed the program because I was like, really? Like, Mm -hmm. You know, not to be right. mean, but you mean both your businesses failed and now you're telling me that I'm doing what I, you know, right. I've been in business for 15 years. I, I kind of know what I'm, I'm doing. Not that I don't want to hear feedback, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of the arrogance in our, in our industry. Right. Yeah. The right. amount of people that I've had to say, well, this is how we do it here. Yes. You, you know, yeah. like that may have been how you did it there, but this is a different place and this is how we do it here. This is what works. This is what our model looks like, you know, and if you're not okay with that, then that's okay. You know, you don't have to work here, but it, it is a certain way for a reason, you know? So it always, I always had better experience with those who had no experience prior to, um, just but the, the that, turn, you know, I mean, we've been really fortunate and no more excuses. We have, I mean, zero turnover and, and, and we're pretty solid, mm-hmm. but that's another aspect to our business. That is a huge problem in, in business owners is that it, yes. the turnover is that you do develop somebody and they have their clientele and, you know, good on them. They want to break out and, and have their own company. Right. So, um, or they, you know, so there's, it's like us and the, you know, the um, hairstyle industry as well, right? You just, you're developing and then you're losing good people because they want to branch out and, and uh, right, so you're, their own. yeah, so labor is probably the biggest challenge. So I always just say, you know, to my biggest advice to business owners is know where you are, know where your vision is, be flexible, but understand your weaknesses because yes. unless you identify your weaknesses and mm-hmm. really, really focus on them, that'll be what brings you down. Absolutely. Right. Yes, easily. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? If you only have a hundred people, you know, clientele base and you're thinking expanding, well, you better have one hell of a good plan in place because it's just not going to happen because you decided to open up and, and you know, your door is somewhere else. Right. Yeah. If, if they, if you build it, they will come does not apply. <laughs> you better have a good, and, but know where your weaknesses are. And, yes. and, you know, it's great that you have a lot of strengths and, and that's wonderful. Um, but you have to really understand there's certain things you may not be able to control. So you have to really figure that out. Yes, absolutely. Solid piece of advice there for sure. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? We have a uh, Facebook, uh, No More Excuses Fitness uh, page. We are Instagram, No More Excuses Inc. Um, and uh, our website is nomoreexcuses.ca. And email me, phone me, chat with me. If you uh, want to come in just to check out the place. Um, or if you need some advice or you're starting out and in a market that uh, is unfamiliar with you, 
Um, you know, our Edmonton, we're only, we've got only about a million people, 950,000 in our city. So it's a smaller market. So uh, it, we're not unlimited when it comes to people. Um, but our online library is, has uh, helped open up that, that stream as well for us. Awesome. All right. Perfect. So Cheryl from No More Excuses Fitness in Edmonton, Alberta. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks, Brianna. Have a great day. Bye, Thank everyone. You. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Gabe from Angel Gyms out of London, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey. <laughs> Not bad, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm really, really excited to have you here. I've done a little bit of research about your facility, and I'm excited to talk about it with you and share with our listener. But really, before we dive into any of the business stuff, Gabe, tell me what it was that really motivated you to open up this gym. Yes, thank you. And thank you for welcoming me onto the podcast, um, Brooke. Um, basically, what really motivated me to uh, sort of set up Angel Gyms uh, really was a desire to solve specific entrepreneurial problems that I've experienced myself in the fitness world. Um, there's two problems that I really wanted to solve uh, that I saw out in the marketplace. Uh, the first one was that uh, gyms, uh, traditional corporate gyms, can be very intimidating places for people to go to. Um, they, of course, physical health, as we all know, uh, is great for your mental health. But sometimes going into a corporate gym can actually make you feel more stressed or more anxious uh, because of the way gyms are set up, because of the way they look, because of the way they sound, because of the atmosphere and the energy and the services provided. So I really wanted to provide a solution to that, to this uh, concept around gym anxiety and to create an alternative to loud, corporate, uh, intimidating gyms. So uh, that was how my primary sort of goal. And my second one is around personal training. Uh, the industry, the personal training industry in the UK is, in many respects, it's very easy to become a personal trainer compared to other countries. And what a lot of clients, i.e. customers find, 
is that when they do want to uh, want to find a personal trainer to help them on their physical and mental health fitness goals, um, they uh, often find that you, it, because it's so easy to become a trainer, you can you don't actually know. Um, if someone who you approach could be a great trainer, someone who could really help you in your mental health as well, like your physical health and your nutrition, to someone who is really, really not helpful at all. So I wanted to be an alternative to that and to build a brand around quality personal trainers only who can get you great results and who can also have great people skills and where we can actually support people's mental health as well. Wow. So you're really providing, you know, this really personalized experience for your clients, kind of a safe place for them to come and work out. And you and I can both agree that for a lot of people, the idea of going to a gym is something that's super intimidating. And so you've built this kind of surrounded upon that anxiety of, of going to a gym. And now you're able to help people who otherwise wouldn't really have a space in this industry to work out. So kind of give us your elevator pitch of the services that you provide at your facility, because it sounds like you're kind of a personal training facility, but you know, what different services do you have to provide under those walls? Yes, thank you. So essentially the difference is, is that we look at the personal training market. So I have six personal trainers in each gym and each gym is uh, the way it's designed is to help you feel calm. The color scheme, the way it smells, the way, for example, the natural materials used, everything that the way the atmosphere, the environment is, is conducive to helping someone relax and feel at home within the environment. And this is very different from a very loud environment uh, that a lot of corporate gyms are where you have black flooring, you have the very industrial steel equipment, you've got white walls, you have uh, lighting temperature, which is very cold. So I wanted to create an environment where people feel at home. It's almost like going to a very beautiful, relaxing cafe, except it's a gym. So with your mental health in mind. So the services that we provide are, of course, personal training and, and a personalized diet plan. However, what I really want to do is to bridge the gap between physical health and mental health. So I'm training my personal trainers in mental health first aid awareness. And what we really want to do is obviously pick up on our clients' mental health and actually direct them to services, uh, for example, psychotherapists, uh, which I'm recruiting in each gym uh, to work from my gyms so that we can essentially pick up uh, signs of mental ill health and actually refer our clients to get a uh, talking therapy as well. Wow. Okay. So, um, you know, you are kind of creating like this exclusive experience, you know, being that you have this nice environment where people feel really comfortable and you don't have too many people in the gym at one time. Um, at each location, how many clients total would you say that you're serving? At the moment, uh, we have a hundred, around a hundred live clients in both gyms. Uh, they come throughout the day, and uh, as I mentioned, I have a ten to twelve personal trainers at the moment. Uh, I also have two consultation rooms and looking for psychotherapists as well. So they will be an integral part of the team. If people who are able to see our clients uh, for cognitive behaviour therapy as well. 
Yeah, it's definitely health and wellness is a lot more than just exercise. Um, and so I like that you're kind of involving like the, like you said, you know, trying to bridge the gap between physical and mental health, because they kind of go hand in hand in order for us to yes. be successful with our physical health, we kind of have to have our mental health taken care of as well. Right. Um, so being that you have a hundred clients or so at each location, is that a place where you guys are feeling good? You're feeling comfortable or, at, or are you at a point where you're looking to take on more clients? That's right. So we have uh, around 100 live active clients in both gyms. And um, we are certainly uh, have a huge capacity to take on more clients. Uh, and it, indeed, we are recruiting for new personal trainers as well. So. Okay, so walk me through that process. If you are looking to take on more clients and grow so that you can help more people, how are you doing that? How are you finding new clients? Because that looks a little bit different for everybody in this industry. And it's really, it's a good talking point because I think people can learn from each other in this conversation. That's right. So obviously client, uh, attracting clients and retaining clients is a big key a challenge in the fitness industry. Uh, the way we do it is through effective social media uh, and getting our word out uh, through social media. But we, we've been very much uh, sort of focusing on engaging and partnering with local independent businesses in both areas of London where we are situated. Um, these are include LGBT businesses uh, because a vast majority of our clients are from the LGBT community. Although we are open to all, we've uh, focused particularly uh, on this community and also females as well. These are communities who um, feel particularly uh, can be intimidated by traditional corporate uh, or industrial uh, gym setups. Um, and we've partnered with those businesses to cross refer people to each other. Um, so yes, it's been that approach and there's also been, because of our, we believe a very high success rate of actually helping clients to feel uh, better uh, in terms of their mental health, but also transform their bodies, transform their diets. We've had a lot of people who have referred their friends and family to us as well. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like you're doing a lot of what we like to call guerrilla marketing, pounding the pavements, building relationships with your surrounding community, with the business to business and working with the LGBTQ plus community to yes. really, you know, spread the word, get referrals. Um, and, and with that, I love it because it creates word of mouth and word of mouth in this industry is free. We don't yes. have to do anything to have word of mouth except for be awesome, provide yes. a good service, and we're naturally exactly. going to have word of mouth. But with Absolutely. that, it's not like we can't predict it. We can't say, hey, this month we're going to welcome in 12 new clients through word of mouth. We can't predict the rate at which people are going to talk about us. And so many people supplement with other things. And it sounds like you guys have done that with social media. So yes. walk me through that process. Are you guys organically posting? Are you running paid ads? How are you reaching clients on social media? Yes, so at the moment, we've it's been a lot of trial and error. Uh, we were uh, sort of doing a lot of outreach to certain communities, for example, the LGBT community on 
Instagram and Facebook. However, Instagram and Facebook have changed their algorithms in the past year to uh, not allow us to not allow businesses to do that. So really, at the moment, we've been doing a lot of trial and error. We've been doing posts, regular posts and stories on uh, Instagram. Uh, we've now launched some of my the trainers have launched uh, TikTok uh, and accounts, profiles and videos on there as well. And um, I think the other thing we've done is in, as what I mentioned before is that by working with businesses, uh, different businesses have been uh, sort of doing posts and stories about us uh, to their uh, sort of followers as well. So. Yeah. So, you know, with that, you're creating like kind of a chain effect. Like you post something, your followers see it, they share it, their friends see it, and then, you know, so forth. Um, And so again, that kind of creates word of mouth, just a digital version of, of word of mouth. And again, it's free. It just takes some time to come up with some good content, but it sounds like you have an awesome staff behind you. That's really willing to help you create this content um have you guys ran any sort of digital ads to reach people in the community that might benefit from your services but don't even know that you exist because they're not already following somebody who follows you etc yes i mean again with instagram advertising and also with uh facebook advertising we did uh focus on this a lot last year but this year i think it's just been more organic and much more sort of uh sort of ground level, community level, which is much much more people who live in local areas, reaching out to them, for example, through flyers, but also through, uh, as I mentioned, uh, sort of different businesses as well. Um, I do believe that, uh, I mean, in terms of paid ads, we did that last year. However, this year has been much more about focusing on uh, primarily on sort of local communities directly. Yeah. And I think that you, you're doing an excellent job at that. You know, you're creating this exclusive experience. And if we take care of our current members, we're going to get, we're going to get a return on that. We're going to get referrals. We're going to grow. And so let me ask you, you know, you said that you, you did that, you know, a few years ago, and then this year, your, your focus has been more ground level, more surface level. What kind of took you away from that? Why did you guys stop, um, those efforts yes i think the reason is because uh obviously being a gym uh it there is only so much uh, t- traveling that uh, someone in a city of 10 million people which is london uh you're really going to attract people primarily who live close enough to travel public transport or walking uh, uh, to to your gym. So we felt that uh, suddenly we could target people um, very well through uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. However, it's just really more about the cost effectiveness of doing that. So you can spend, for example, very easily two, two and a half thousand pounds a month on advertising on Instagram and Facebook and not even see that many results. Uh, Whereas if you spend the same money uh, focusing on, because we are located in areas which already have a high percentage of LGBT people, but also uh, people who are fitness oriented, professionals, uh, people who are interested in this sort of lifestyle. So including people who, for example, have uh, sort of levels of stress and anxiety or 
okay. certainly depression as well. So therefore, we felt that the money is better used by gaining traction, by giving it a real local advertising feel and just going much more sort of local on it. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. I think with your efforts right now, like you said, you're able to really focus on the people that you're looking to achieve. But I also think that sometimes the people who need us the most are the people who don't even know that we're there. And so if you were running digital ads and you were spending two to two and a half pounds per month in that, and you were seeing like a return on investment, like you're making six to six and a half pounds per month. Is that something that you feel like you would do again? Yes. So, um, I personally, the way I see it is that uh, with regards to advertising, I have tried it, but I feel certainly if the return was there, I'd be interested. But I think for me, the local feel and the fact that we have been able to get results from doing a lot of uh, community and partnership uh, work has the results have been there and it has delivered that local sort of feel uh, uh, much so it's been much more cost effective for us in that respect yes yeah i think that's what for most of us right we try digital advertising and then like if we're not doing it effectively we don't see a good return on investment and then it's like all right well you know what's the most reliable way for us to find clients that is cost effective is interacting with our community and getting out there because that doesn't cost anything except for time but time is the only thing that we can never buy back we what we once we run out of time we run out of time um we can never buy back more time and so um you know a lot of us have been burned by the digital advertising thing but I think in today's day and age where we're such a digital universe right now, it is an effective way to market when done correctly. But most of us, we're gym experts, we're fitness experts, mental health experts, but we're not marketing experts and that's okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But kind of want to move on from this question here so that we have time to touch on a few other topics before we have to head out. Um, And so the next question that I have for you, Gabe, and I think that this is a valuable one because we can all learn from each other is, you know, what have some of the bottlenecks or challenges been for angel gyms? Yes, the bottlenecks challenges primarily have been that we opened uh, during a pandemic. So we are very much uh, were open maybe for two, three months and then were uh, closed down. We did then open for a while and then now we got closed down again. So that, that's not been ideal. Um, the real, the, the pandemic ha- has been devastating for the leisure industry. Um, so, and people have really kind of struggled to, uh, I mean, if you're not even legally allowed to go outside of your home, then obviously that, that's a real challenge. Coming out of that, I think the bottlenecks are really is, I think advertise, so getting our word out to the correct people and to actually uh, attract new clients has been uh, a challenge. Uh, but then once that has happened, that's kind of fed up upon itself, really. So that's been um, sort of a, a positive experience so far now in, in recent so, so um, and the other bottleneck I would say is that um, growing and finding a new uh, premises uh, has been uh, sort of uh, when we've had 
demand in a, in, in a new area. It's been about really uh, sort of finding the right premise, then uh, sort of developing it, uh, converting it into a gym and other facilities, things like that. So. Yeah, so, you know, I think, at least here in the States, real estate right now is crazy. And so a lot of gym owners are really struggling to find that perfect space that makes sense for their market, makes sense for their pockets. Um, And I don't know about if if it's that way over there right now, but over here, it's crazy. Um, So I think that's relatable for a lot of people. But let me ask you this, Gabe, if I were to kind of hand you a magic wand and I said, all right, all your dreams and goals for angel gyms have come true what would that picture, that big picture look like for you? Yeah, our big picture really is to have around 12 uh, sort of uh, these facilities throughout the UK and um, sort of in British cities, uh, including four in London, with London being the biggest city, and uh, a network also of uh, psychotherapists who are working primarily uh, within the physical building of the gyms uh, who are actively having clients referred to them. Um, yeah, and just having a, an active, growing community of people who are experiencing better physical and mental health uh, within, within the, uh, by using us. Absolutely. And so, you know, since you really want to be able to grow, you want to really help people like holistically here, all around, physically, mentally. Um, What do you have to do? What do you feel like it's most important for you to focus on right now to make the reality of 12 gyms in the future something that actually happens? Yes, so uh, our focus at the moment is to generate enough uh, clients and attract new clients who will then attract, allow other sort of people to join. And from that, we are hoping to fuel our growth through revenues and to secure new sites. Uh, So really the focus is on the first two sites to really help them grow, um, build a revenue base and profit base, which we can then effectively put into um, developing new sites and um, sort of establishing new personal trainers in those new sites. Yeah, so, um, you know, the big focus is very similar to most of us in this industry. We have to be able to help more people and make more money if we want to grow and have multiple locations. And it sounds like your, your eyes are set on a huge goal of 12 Uh, 12 locations at least and I'm so excited to see you get there because I think that your take on the industry is really unique and I love what you're doing for people I know for myself the idea of a gym initially um, you know fresh out of college was so intimidating I had never been inside of a gym before and had I come across a location like yours I think my trip through the fitness industry would have been a lot more seamless. So I appreciate what you're doing. Um, What is the Instagram for Angel Gyms? Where can we go to find you guys online? Yes, so it's uh, the Instagram is Angel Gyms, which is A-N-G-L. So we have called ourselves Angel, but without the E, A-N-G-L-G-Y-M-S. Perfect. I'm excited to check it out. And Gabe, thanks for being here today. Listeners. Yeah, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, 
hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.